Down by the river, down by the river, we took a little walk. We took a little walk. I'm gonna tell you a story. Dirty Water Sports presents the Down by the River podcast with your hosts Tim Delacio and Paul Testa. Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of Down by the River, a weekly podcast covering the Boston Red Sox. From the folks at Dirty Water Sports, I'm Tim Delacio, he's Paul Testa, and Paul, our first season under the Dirty Water Sports banner, has officially come to a close. Prematurely. Prematurely. It, uh, it is ended. Uh, it was a great first season. I think overall not necessarily exceeded our expectations but there was a lot of highs a lot more highs than the, than lows and i'll say this about this team because i've thought a lot about this uh, this this week did, did i really like and enjoy this season like was this an enjoyable baseball season because it i'll start with the negatives they left a lot on the table both in the postseason but but during the season they they had they had a lot of times where you felt like they had that they left it out there uh, they left wins hanging. Um, you know, they they should have had home field right in in this round. They probably should have been the best team, best record in the American League. Um, they didn't quite, you know, perform or or have the results up to the level of performance they held often throughout the year. And it can, it, it, they were frustrating a lot of the year. Even when they were winning, there were times where you just, you know, you were still kind of like. On on the edge, a little bit frustrated, um, waiting for the next shoe to drop, if you will. Um, but then they run off these incredible highs, like that eleven game win streak, or you know, multiple twenty something game hit streaks from Jackie and Xander early. Um, it feels like the highs were super high, the lows were super low, and there just wasn't a whole lot of time in the middle. I think what we take away from it is there was a lot of growth on the team. Like Absolutely. you know, we have a lot of young guys. Uh, that we think we can build a future around. Uh, the thing that was frustrating is just the team was better. Overall, and I, w- I was talking to our friend Rob about this today, you have the MVP. Yep. You have the Cy Young Award winner. Manager of the year. You have the Cy Young Award winner. <laughs> you you have an, all, an all-star caliber second baseman. You have an all-star at shortstop. You have uh up-and-coming young guy. You have... Uh, a $30 million a year pitcher. You got one of the best closers in the game. Overall, when you look at the whole scheme of that and what this team had to work with, they underachieved. They, they, that is not a team that loses in a sweep in the first round of the postseason. That is not a team when home field is on the line should lose five out of six going out of out of clinching it. That is a team that when they clinch the division shouldn't give up three or five runs in the ninth inning to lose the game. Uh, that was – when I go back to it, I go back to that Yankee game. That Yankee game, yep. when they clinched, was a microcosm of the season. I said last episode, it's like, you know, you can't – even when you're excited, you really can't chair. This team does something. And they kind of never re- rebounded from that. And whether that – I'm not a firm believer that the ceremonies played a part in how they played in the postseason uh, that final week. Maybe the Ortiz ceremonies, right? Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, 
I'm not a firm believer like that had anything to do with it. But the bottom line is, once they clinched, they took their foot off the gas. I guess is the I mean, only is this, thing I is can it, say. Is it kind of like remember, remember when the uh, when the Colts were what they were fifteen and zero or something like that? I, I, I forget. Yeah. They were they were cruising and they sat Peyton that last game heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and then they kind and, of they just never and they lost. Yeah, they the they couldn't round the Pittsburgh. I yeah, believe. that's kind of what it felt like. Is like they were cruising and then they just they they just let off and and I think that's such a dangerous thing to do to take your foot off the gas at any point um, and 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 coast a little bit because you just don't know if you're going to get it back. I um, said the last episode I didn't think home field advantage was a big deal in baseball. I was wrong, and then you know things that. Shame on me for not doing the research. Uh, you know, I didn't know that Cleveland had the second best home record next to uh, yeah. Chicago in in all of baseball. Like, that's a huge advantage. Uh, they needed to win a couple more games down the stretch to keep the momentum of that yeah. eleven. That eleven game winning streak really meant nothing going into the playoffs because they had lost five or six going in. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. And you know, um. Look, if if we if we step back and eulogize the postseason first, and I'm sure we'll get kind of weave back and forth into the season at large. But um, Paul, if if the starting pitching doesn't implode, right? With and, right. and really Porcello and Price, that's what they did. They they imploded. They did they did not give their teams a chance. Now they didn't give up, you know, ten runs. They I mean they, these were winnable games. Each of them when the starter came out. The, the Red Sox could have had the offense to, to fight back. It almost did in two of them, right? Um, but mentally, mentally, I think that the performance of the starters, especially Price in that second game, it had had an impact on the rest of the team. Um, I think yeah, the I offense think- was put in more pressure by the performance of the starters. I mean, remember, go back to the first inning of the first game. Uh, Petroya opens up with a double, Holt with a single, first and third, right? Um, and then Mookie, little nervous, bat at bat. Ortiz, a little amped up, pops up. It seemed like he popped up like 30 times in Cleveland. But um, then Hanley hits, hits, you know, gets the hit, RBI single. Rock Holt gets thrown out, you know, at, at home. But it felt like that the offense was, was you know, kind of ready to, to pick up again. Right. Um, and then, you know, Porcello gives that run back. And they get the home run by Benintendi. Porcello gives that run back and more, right? It's right. like, yeah, I think that just stalled out. The uh, like the offense then started to press even harder, and it stalled it out. I think if Porcello had put up a, cup, you know, a couple zeros there, the offense was about to turn, I thought. I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean – and vice versa, if they started off at home, how does that work? If you're mm-hmm. you know batting at home, uh, where they where they're prolific, the off the offense is prolific all the way around, whether home or away, but especially at home. Uh, Porcello's outing not good, no. I mean, but I'm not going to fault the guy that pitched the way that he. That was his first stinker of the year, I think, and it wasn't even. I mean, he gave up four solo home runs, right? Yeah. No, three. Three, three solo home runs and, and, and four you know, runs, that, and the ball was—I mean, the ball was flying out. Those were not yeah. off the bat, you know, sure things. Mm-hmm. One of them was, but you know, two of them were not. Um, and, and I think that he probably executed pitches that he wanted in most of those circumstances. He left the the pitches that went out. He left up, which he hadn't been yeah. doing in a while, and 
it was not a good outing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything like that. But overall, it was not as bad as prices. And 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 right. And what I look at with like Porcello when he gave up the home runs never looked like oh my god I'm defeated. Yeah. I I don't know what to do. You just it was very reminiscent of May and June or or actually April and May, whatever it was with, with Price, when, you know, he's got the, oh, why me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, like, he, I still think, we've talked about this a lot, right? I, I don't put a lot of stock in not being able to win into the postseason if you're consistently good, if you're you're a good pitcher. Yeah. I'm starting to question that a little bit. Maybe there's something completely mental with this guy that he can't do it. What I think he needs is I think he needs a lockdown game, and he just can't seem to do it. Once yeah. he gets that, I'm not worried about it. I think it's just going to roll at that point. Um, and it seems like the questions are getting to him. It's it. If, if Paul, if he, and I'm t- trying to remember the flow of that game. Let Let's say were there two outs or only one out when that three run home run? I think there was one out. One out, right? Yeah. All right. So, but if he escapes that inning, let's say he doesn't give up the home run, he gets an out there. Uh, but gives up like it's not one that he run. gave up the home run either. Like it's who he gave it up to, and the fact that it's a left-handed hitter, right? And he hasn't hit one home run off a left-hander all year. It's just bad spot. Yeah, yeah, it's just a bad spot. And but if he were to get through, I mean, like if he gets through that guy, is there any confidence that that he he would have found it that game? I don't or, think he was rolling like up until was, that. Yeah, like, it, yeah, you know, like I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think he had it. I don't think he, he had it that game. And whether it was a three-run homer or whatever, I don't think he had enough to lock them down inning after inning going forward. Yeah. Move on to to, to game three quickly. And Buckholtz, I think, gave you yeah, – I know he got pulled early um, because Farrell's you know, going to try and – he's got everybody available. He's going to try and get out of Buckholtz before – he potentially exposed. There were some signs, right, that, that, you know, it was starting to turn on him a little bit. But I thought he pitched okay in those four innings. Not great, he not bad. Terrible, but if Farrell was going to take that approach, I, we talked about it last show. Yeah. Why why didn't Farrell take the approach that Joe Madden did in that do-or-die game uh, back in 2013? 14, sorry, right? 14, 13. 13. Thir- 13, 13 when we won the World Series yeah. when yeah. that guy got uh, I forgot who started for the for, for the Rays that game but got in trouble in the first inning and immediately went out and made a change before a run was even scored like I mean if you were going to take that approach with Buckholz why did he wait to do it I, it's a, that's it's a question it's a fair question um, but you know I'll say I'll say with Buckholz is you know not a great outing not you know he, he didn't you know I, I he was kind of a non-factor to me. Um, you you look at Palmer. I will tell you this about Buckle. So before yeah. you go on, uh, that first inning starts with Xander making that bonehead play yes. and and not catching the pop up, uh, and he dug in he and did. got out of that. He did. So like I mean, he showed me he showed the most out of all the pitchers. I think he could. I mean, look, I think he could have. He he had he had the type of stuff where he could have worked himself through. Six or seven innings and giving up three or four runs, and that's the that point game. I'm making with with what I was saying is is and then so you make the move and you do it and you go to Pomerantz like, and I, you know I, I'm going to say this about Pomerantz I, I'm not I 
I actually think Pomerantz, that's that that was the perfect role for him. Um, and I thought he pitched outside of that one pitch really well in that role, um, you know, in the two games that he appeared. it He just got, and, and I'll blame coaching on this, he got totally spooked by the guy on second base. He's got a 1-2 count on yeah. Coco Crisp. Uh, all he has to do is bear down and execute the pitch, and he's out of the inning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he can't do it because is he, you know, Xander's darting back and forth behind him. Like the to me, coaching has to settle the whole team down there, focus, you know, commit everybody to focus on the batter. And I don't think anybody was focused on Coco at that point. And no, I, I think I, that, I, that's why he, he hung the curveball, and and that was all she wrote. That was that was a a poorly executed pitch because of all the other factors going on. And to me, that's where. Coaching should have, yeah, could have made a difference. Yeah, I, I mean it's a valid point. I um, I see what you're saying. I don't. Pomerantz was essentially given um, this role, right, from yep. an appearance at the last game of the season, I believe, or it was the second to last game of the season. I forget which game. Last it was. game. Yep. Last game. And, you know, Farrell said, you know, we might have caught lightning in a bottle or whatever it may be. And he puts him in this role. I'm not saying he wasn't successful. Yep. Uh, he, I mean, he did give up the home run. So you but, can but say, let's just say he's, he's pitched in this role before in his career. This is not an unfamiliar role to him in his career. It's not he's like he's never been a reliever in the, before. In the postseason? No, with, not in the postseason. Oh, but as, okay. a, as, a, as a reliever. Okay. Right. It, I mean, he, it's not yeah. like he was a starter his whole career and, and he never right. worked out of the pen. Uh, and right. you're throwing a starter like into a totally unfamiliar situation. Right. Right. I, I think if he had never been a reliever before, I, I might have been a longer transition needed and he wouldn't have been the go to guy there. Like if that's Eduardo Rodriguez, Pomerantz is the game four starter and, and Erod's the guy in the pen. I don't think he gets those innings. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not going to fault the move. I'm just – to me it was – and I'm going to jump on Farrell here. Farrell took Pomerantz and thought Pomerantz was um, Andrew Miller. And Pomerantz is not Andrew Miller. Well, that's like, very true. <laughs> you know, so, so Francona made those moves. One, his moves in game one were genius. Won the series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Set the tone, like everything. And I'll, and I'll say this: even with Francona managing his ass off and his players executing to a T, the Red Sox had a chance to pull that game out. Yeah, playing I mean, their they had a C game, game three. Yeah, they had, they, they, they played a C a C game across the board. The Indians played their A game, managed their A game, performed their A game. The Red Sox still had a chance to steal that one. Um, if they if they had been able to steal it, uh, you know, Miller. I you know not being available the next day the pressure on Kluber I think it everything changes yeah um but you know that's just the yeah way it, that's just Cody the way Allen it didn't look great the series I no. mean he especially looks... in Fenway I mean we gave him that game at Fenway yep. we there's no reason we shouldn't have, have put together a run in that inning uh but he got out of it he gritted down he he did it uh yep. and at the end of the day uh you know we have Travis Shaw up hitting in a, in a key spot. Um, which which, which he, is partially because Brock Holt was pinch hit for, for Aaron Hill in an at-bat where neither of them were going to be successful. So, you right. know, 
would would have been interesting to see if they had if they had well, held we talked the line about that more, on, right? We talked about that on our last show. You know, like wait, wait, what do you do with Iron Hill? And you know, I made a statement like, you know, maybe he, you know, he strikes me as someone that has a chance to hit a home run, not against Andrew Miller. And the last time I checked is. I'm no huge Brock Holt fan, but the last time he faced Andrew Miller, he laced a pretty solid double yep. in the gap. Uh, and, and he was, you know, along with Benintendi, also pinch hit for, were the only two people putting together consistently positive at-bats. Although I'll throw Hanley in there because I know he didn't have, you know, an incredible series, but I thought that each at-bat he was hitting the – I mean, he, he was having uh, – he had good at-bats, good swings throughout. Yeah. I thought that that, you know – uh, to lump him in the negative side, I think wouldn't be fair, even though the performance was there. A- anyone else, I don't think you can say, Ortiz included, um, really played, uh, you know, played each at bat well. No, it was not a good offense. But that's a good, this is what we talked yeah. about all year. <laughs> good pitching is going to stop good hitting. You know, the team has the potential to knock together a, a long, you know, home run. Yep couple doubles like they, their offense is good enough in that but it's not good enough in the postseason no offense is good enough to mash and put up eight to ten runs a ball well, game. especially You're gonna have especially to with win. jackie bradley jr right. you know in a in in one of his spells uh oh, for nine and, with seven strikeouts at yeah. one point until that hit in the ninth and sandy leone it you know exposed johnny like, bench i mean <laughs> i'll tell you think back to that swihart injury Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at what you know when Leon fell off the table, which really it's not in the playoffs. It's been for the last you know three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, it might have been nice to have Swihart as a catcher instead of as yeah, a left if fielder. he ever would have done that, or maybe he would have still been the left fielder, and Benintendi would have never come up. And you well, know, no, but they, I'm they, saying if he if if they never put him out there to start, like you never went oh. to Vasquez, you stayed with Swihart. You just committed to him. You kept him behind the plate the whole season. Now, yeah. Sandy Leone was a huge part of the second half of the season and the success this team had. So I'm not going to discount his performance because I think it was tremendously important for both the starting pitchers and his his bat. But, I mean, he, he didn't have a chance at the plate once they decided that he couldn't lay off a breaking ball. It was over. Right. Even with the home run he had in game one. I, I, I don't want to... Everyone forgets that, Tim. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but... I think the point is, like, non-competitive at-bats, you can't have them in the play. Like, you cannot have a non-competitive at-bat, and that's what he had been reduced to. Yep, as, as many others. I mean, Jackie Bradley, like yep. you said, was, was putting up non-competitive at Xander Bogarts was putting up A lot of them, yep. yep. And he so, started to put, I mean, that, you know, game three, he, he, he started hitting some singles, right? I think that right. was, you know, maybe there was a turnaround waiting to happen there. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's disappointing. You know, this one reminds me of of oh oh uh, nine, Papelbon against the uh, against the Angels, the sweep. Is that oh nine or oh eight? Oh, yeah. oh nine, right? Oh nine, I want to say, yeah. It reminds oh, it, this this one felt like that in the post. It's like they just never, you know, never had it. They never gave themselves a chance. Yeah, so you started off early on the show as like, you know, was this a likable team or did you really like this team? And uh, that that is kind of 
you know, what I come back to. This team, as good as it was, just had fatal flaws that yeah. were existent the entire year. I think that 11-game winning streak when I finally came on board with this team, like, they're there, like, was a, a little bit of a mirage of – of because um, everything was in sync during those 11 games. Yep. Uh, and but if one of those things fall out of sync, then this te- these flaws become magnified on this team, and then I go back to the five out of six and the three in the postseason, and and there you have it. And, and I'll say they they probably aren't the eleven in a row win team, and they're not the lose eight out of nine team. They're somewhere no. in the middle, and it's it, it. But all season long, they were hot and cold. Hot and when they were hot, they were hot. When they were cold, they were cold, and that was. That could have been game to game. It could have been within a game. It's and like, that's the thing. It was it's either like... really good or really bad, and there was no consistency. I think a couple times in this season we called them consistently inconsistent. Right. Um, and that's what it was. I mean, because 11, 11-0 and 0 and, and eight, of, 8 out of 9 losses translates to 12-8, and 8, which is about what they were as a yeah. team. Like, I mean, but that was, again, a microcosm of the entire season. Yeah. Go out there, have a great April have a crappy May, have a crappy June, have a good July, have a good August, a decent August, a great September, shitty October. Yeah. Um, I know we put some blame on Farrell for some of the faults of, that this team has had. He's going to be back next year, according to Dave Dombrowski. Um, I know I'm you're... not convinced was not drunk at that <laughs> at the... press conference. Now, look. I love him. You, you, you He's a good guy. <laughs> You're uh, all a bunch of meanies. Look, do we, do we are we are we ready to 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 move forward a little bit, or do we want to? Uh, I'm sure we'll keep kind of tying back and forth to to recapping this season and talking about you know what's happened, but we can kind of start looking forward as well based on Dombrowski's comments and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm done. I mean, we're not skipping over the whole Farrell's coming back thing, are we? No, no. I was saying, do we, we want to go right there? Happen? Oh yeah, we can go right there. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if we if we were <laughs> yeah. if we were done, you know, recapping the uh, the postseason. Yeah. To the uh, listeners know. out there, we sucked in the postseason. Yeah. Now let's get back to why we suck in the off season. <laughs> All right. So, uh, your expectation, David Ortiz, top tap the, the tips his cap. There's cameramen crying. There's thirty thousand people still in the stands. The natural music is playing, and your Ortiz tears up. That really. Quite frankly, I thought that there, that that was actually a moving moment for Ortiz. If if only you could erase the camera people from that, yeah. it would have been. It was. Uh, I thought it was a. It was kind of an iconic moment to see, especially the close-ups of his face, where you could just see <laughs> what it all meant to him. And um, look, there were only two ways, Paul, that 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 moment, him tipping his cap to the fans coming out after a game, was going to happen at Fenway Park, either winning the World Series at home or losing their last yeah. game. There were only th- there was one of those two ways. So uh, at, at least the loss gave us that lasting, you know, uh, picture that will always uh, kind of uh, adorn that moment. Um, that's the only positive out of the postseason, except for Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly. <laughs> Love Joe Kelly. But if we, if we, we still have the hope of Joe Kelly. Um David Ortiz tips his cap. You think Farrell's back there giving his? Uh, it was great to manage you guys. We'll see you down the road somewhere. Uh, right off into the sunset speech. 
Was that? Did you think you, that was going to happen? Do I think that? Do I think that Farrell is thinks that he his his fate is set and he's not coming back? Is that what you're asking? I, I don't know. Do you think that his fate should have been set at that? Oh, point? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I I totally do. Um, he's not a good manager <laughs> at at all. In game manager. That's the new catchphrase. Is no. is not a good strategist. Not, not a good strategist. Not a good. Um, well, then get one. Because that's important. Well, you, you know, would like, think this is – doesn't this go back to the whole Andy Reid clock management conversation? Don't you think you could hire someone that was good at clock management to you know, to be the voice in his ear at the end of those games if Andy Reid is so good at everything else? Don't you think right. that they should have someone that is an in-game strategist that is talking to John Farrell if you know that that's not his strength? Yeah, I mean, I think that all comes down to ego. I think the same thing with Andy Reid, right? I think I, I don't think Andy Reid wants one. He's like, I, I don't want to call an effing timeout. Like, you know, no, you don't, Andy. You don't. <laughs> so is that a slap? I mean, was what Dombrowski said a slap in Farrell's face to some degree? We don't absolutely see, like does Farrell go or does he realize that maybe this isn't his strength? To have your boss say, "Look, if I came to you, I'm your boss, Paul. Right, yeah. Paul, you um." You're not the best at selling software, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, your clients really like you. Yeah, is that good? <laughs> do you do you come away with that saying I'm glad I feel really good about my my position here? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the term that you're looking for is is you know, Paul, you can sell software like <laughs> to anyone, but you know, the people that you go and present to really seem to like you. Like yeah. that, that would be it. Like, cause if you get a couple wins and a couple things like that, you can still kind of hide. Um, but no, he is like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, he's not, a, he gets up on stage and says, he said, I don't think in-game management is that important. Did you watch the, po- did you watch the series? Right. Like, I'm not saying Farrell didn't do anything wrong. He really didn't. He no, didn't I actually up. thought that this was some yeah. of his best managing outside of the Ben Attendee. Like that, yeah. that you could argue with that. Um, and the Ben Attendee thing is, in my, that was the most hideous thing that he did the yeah. entire thing, and it still, to a degree, made sense until he tried to explain it, explain it yeah. to the people that were curious, and he was afraid Andrew Miller was going to come out of the game if he didn't do it then. That is not like it. So then you get to the point where he's not a good in-game manager, and to the point where he's actually a moron like he, <laughs> he he's not an intelligent man right. like if like who <laughs> who wants andrew miller to pitch more right. yeah if you if you could it's like you're playing cards well, we well, with... if, if we're playing <laughs> you... cards and it's a game it's a game with trump right yeah. am i gonna try and bleed your high trumps out of the game yeah. if i can yes <laughs> like well, if uh, i can waste the a... tory <laughs> Uh, why? Why were all your hitters swinging at the first pitches against Pedro, knowing that he stinks when he goes over a hundred pitches? Well, we were afraid we were going to get Lasconic. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Right? It, like the, the strategy is is to get him out, it, which they're not going to move. The guy pitches to Ortiz and doesn't like pitch around Ortiz, challenges Ortiz. He. He's not backing away. If, if but I don't know. Chris to, Young's coming you, up. <laughs> yeah, if you pinch hit Chris Young for, you know, they're not going to go to the righty because it's Chris Young. <laughs> oh. I yeah. just got, 
I don't. I, so those are the things that are infuriating as a fan. And the other thing is, it's just too quick. It's just too quick to pass someone leaving a press conference, you going to your press conference, and then sitting down with the press and saying, "I just told John that him and all of his staff is back." Um, yeah, I I don't understand why you don't let it breathe a little bit. Right now, now here here here's the counter argument, and this is the only justification that that I'd give. Um, Dombrowski still knows who the guy he wants is. It doesn't make any sense. And still, it, and, and, it, not, and, I've, and he's I've just not there off. yet. Like the who guy is isn't. Is I don't, it I don't know. I is don't it know. Two years away, whatever it may be, he's not ready to manage full time. Why isn't it Jim Leland for two years? Why isn't it Jim Leland for two years? Like, well. It, it, I, maybe John no, Henry said, "I'm not. I'm not paying Farrell to not manage. Just get him out here, and we'll fire him in the midseason if we have to." Right. So start and go, and then go through this like we did all this yeah, year: yeah. A six game losing streak, a, a seven game winning streak. Uh, you know, he's going to get you. fired. He's going to win two out of three. This or or he's not coming back, or he just blows a game again. You say, "There's no way. It's got an off day. He's going to." And then he manages, and they go on four in a row. And you're like, "Now his job safe." I don't. I don't want Groundhog Day. I want change. I want. Like it needs to. He's a horrible in-game manager. It's this team won ninety-three games. It should have probably won a hundred. Yep. Because of what he's done. And the other thing is, is like he gets the clubhouse ready. Like, like you know, like a clubhouse mother. Like I, I don't know what that means, but he does. The players like him. I've seen no evidence of that because I saw. A year ago, the team played a lot harder under an interim manager as he was going through treatments for his illness, um, played much better than they had any time except for the year they won the World Series. He's been here uh, for four years. We have two last-place finishes, a World Series, and a sweep in the postseason with, again, the MVP of the league, most likely the Cy Young of the league, one of the best second basemen, one of the best shortstops, an up-and-coming left fielder, uh, a gr- one of the, a top ten center fielder in the game right now, uh, an all star pitcher. I said that a thirty million dollar pitcher and an all star closer. And Sandy Leone. And Sandy Leone. <laughs> um, you know, and and then people say, well, what did Dombrowski do? And I'm not giving Dombrowski a pass, but the track record of the pitchers that he got was pretty good. So, like, if this guy's so good at getting everyone ready, why are they not performing under him? Why isn't David Price performing under him? Yeah. Why isn't Abad performing under him? No, well, he isn't. I'll tell you he isn't because you put him into the first game against Robinson Cano in a key situation where a guy who can hit lefties, first day on the team, and you put him in the most leveraged spot. You didn't let him ease him way in, much like a Francona would do. You want to see why – in-game management matters. Look across the dugout in the series that you saw, and the guy that you kicked out of town and threw every piece of garbage on him, not you, Dombrowski, but the organization, um, that's good management. You want to see good management? Go look at the Cubs and the and the leader that is, is leading their baseball operations, another person you threw out of town, and the manager that he, when he had the opportunity, went out to get to lead them. You, like The Cubs have great talent, and they would have had great talent under – Riggleman? Was that his name? Uh, there was Riggleman? Yes, there was a Riggleman. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. if he was in the 80s or if he was last yeah. year, but no. He hadn't done a bad year, but Theo saw his guy. Yeah. And I'm not – maybe that's what Dombrowski's doing too. But I, me as a fan, I don't I don't need to wait another year. I've seen enough of John Farrell to know that he's not 
there to do it. And it, wherever it is going to be, it's going to be frustration. And if we win a World Series, it's in spite of them, not because of them. Where other teams, if Cleveland wins a World Series this year, Terry Francona is a huge part of that. If if the Cubs win it, as good and talented as they are, Joe Madden and his strategy is a big part of that. Good teams have good managers. Good organizations go out and get good managers. I don't want to be mediocre. Totally fair. Uh, and and when you look at uh, look, I thought Dombrowski's press press conference. Um, I don't know. It was aside from just the Farrell news was. Um, I don't know. It was it was not inspiring to me, right? It was, yeah, we've basically got to roll this team out again next year. Like we got to address the bullpen a little bit because we have some free agents. Um, I forget there was what I was. Oh, and then we've got to figure out how to replace David Ortiz, but from within, kind of was his, you know, his thought, or, or from you know many, not just one. Um, but then he started naming. Basically, said we've we've got. Hanley at first. We've got Dustin at second. We've got Xander at short. You know, we've got a group of people at dividing for third base. We've got a young outfield. We've got five starters. No, he did say five, which was interesting because you really have six. Right. Either Stephen Wright or Clay Buckholz is maybe not in that mix <laughs> in in his mind. Um, and you know, it, it seems like okay. Well, let's just turn the page to next year. Are we gonna? You know, are you going to be aggressive? Are you going to go and find ways to make this team even better uh, if they present themselves? Or are you, you know, the other thing is I don't, I, I wouldn't put it past Dombrowski just to be slow playing everything, right? I don't, yeah, think, I he gives a, I don't think he cares what he says. He's going to, he's going to make the moves as he sees them. Um, Let's put it like this. Like if you are Dave Dombrowski, the only thing you need to replace on this team or go about starting to replace on this team is David Ortiz. Like, I don't care that he said that. What, what are you going to do? Are you going to get, are you going to get rid of um, Shaw and get like a better third baseman? Who's the best third baseman in the game right now? I don't know. Uh, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Like they're going to make a trade for, for that. Like, let's just say in, in a perfect world that could yeah. happen. Yeah. That makes the team better. And that starts to replace Ortiz in his bat, but it does. It, it, like the team is good. Like I just told you, they're a hundred win team. It, what's David's WAR? Like six, five. Yeah. Like, all right, so yeah, they're yeah. a ninety-five win team. You got to get maybe two or three of those wins back. Um, but don't you? I mean, don't if you're Debrus, like don't. Yeah. I would rather hear. Uh, Dombrowski saying, "Look, we we've got talent on this team, right? Uh, as the off season presents itself, opportunities present themselves to make the team better, and we're going to identify those opportunities as we see them, and we're going to see what decisions make the most fit to make our team better than they were right now, heading into next season. And you know, I don't expect." major wholesale change but you know we 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 reserve the right to to look at everything as it comes right yeah you want I mean, the players to know that they're not given next year i guess i think i mean well, I look, most they, of them are though like like right I but mean, you don't want them to, you don't want them to think like, that 
Hanley, Hanley's, you think Hanley's leaving the clubhouse going, boy, I sure hope I have a job next year. You think Pedroia's going, oof, I don't know. I might not be here next year. Xander's going, oh, they might ship me out of town. No, those guys, they have it. it it's, this is what we've built over the years. We wanted this. We have a team. We have the Yankee Foundation. We have the team that you're going to roll out there all the time, and you're just going to plug in pieces. I mean, how long was it with the Yankees, with Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams? Uh, I mean, they were interchanging second base, T- Tito Martinez. Uh, they were interchanging like, Yeah. Jorge second base was Posada. about – they were interchanging second base. That's it. Yeah. Like Knobloch one year, Soho, whatever. That was, So ours is third base. Everything else is settled. I'm glad it's settled. Yeah. I'm not saying like if a deal if a deal presents itself, I'm, I'm he's definitely going to explore it. But but what like you know let's those guys have earned the right. Jackie Bradley Jr. might be gone next year. We don't we don't. He's a luxury now. Yeah. That well, we so have. This, that this is a good example. So so uh, off season comes and. A starter hits the market that wasn't expected, right? Jackie Bradley Jr. is 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 a piece you're gonna you're gonna you know look to move to acquire that, right? Maybe Bradley Jr. Buckholtz's you know option uh, and some minor league talent for right. whoever this you know starter is, mystery starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think it makes you know makes a big difference in your rotation, and you can you know you can fill in, move Mookie back over. To center, um, and and you know, make it all work. Uh, you should be looking at those moves. I think. Yeah, I, and I'm, I, I hope will. that it will be. He will, but right now, really, that's the only. Exp- I mean, unless someone's taking Panda. Uh, or, Why don't or, I, Here's it's just a, the, or you like, trade Hanley for like some young talent. I'd, or but did you hear, I don't did know. you hear his his you know his critique of Bogarts in the field? Today, yeah, you know, so you didn't have the range, or didn't have or didn't have the range, you know, uh, and and kind of really, really, I, I thought stuck it to him a little bit about his uh, about his defensive ability. Um, does that signal? I wonder. I wonder what is that? What does that say about you know Xander's security at short? Um, you know, does does Dabrowski view him as a shortstop? Do you you know long term? Do you need? Does he think you need? Um, you know, he went and acquired Iglesias, right, from from the Red Sox. Does he place a premium on 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 uh, on shortstop defense? I don't know. Um, these things, I think, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think there could be surprises. I don't know that there that there needs to be or will be, but uh, I just thought it was interesting that he basically named the he named all the players like we're good. I don't. I don't know that he believes that. I guess that's what. I yeah, thought. That, and I, that's very true. And the team can always get better. And it's but overall, we have we're 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 a stark lineup. I mean, they, there's no room for anyone right now unless moves are made. So you know, like there are a plethora of moves that can be made, starting with Jackie Bradley Jr., starting with Xander Bogarts, start you know going right down the line like. I don't know if I'm a team that's looking for a DH or a first baseman, you know, it'd be pretty nice to have Hanley Ramirez on my yep. team after the year that he came out. You know, maybe that frees up money to sign in Carcion and in, in Narcarcion. Encarnacion. <laughs> um and, and 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 is that the right move for the organization to help re- replace David Ortiz? Uh he'd be something special to see uh hitting balls over that monster consistently, uh not as a as a friend instead of an opponent. But what is that going to cost, and is it worth it? Uh, 
I don't know. But the the team again. The, this is why the change. If there was going, if changes changes needed to start at the top. Yeah. And we already blew that. Um, well, and, and back to your point. Why they have why the, the rush to, to judgment? You know why yeah. the rush? And if you if you believe in them, right? Why don't you pick up the option? If you're given oh, the see, vote of confidence, right? Like if you're if you're all in on Farrell. Well, he said that that was the other weird thing is he said that that was an ownership decision to pick up the option. That is weird. It's it just like it seems to me that. It was ju- it was just too quick. There's more to it than what I'm thinking. And it could very well be that John Henry said, "John Farrell's my guy. That I'm not getting rid of John Farrell. So learn to work with him." Well, you know, uh, and I will say, that, you know, Dabrowski did talk in depth about the amount of communication that he and John Farrell have, right, on a day to day basis, and like that they they talk and communicate very well. Uh, and maybe, you know, Dabrowski you really values that. Yeah, that's great. Does Dombrowski ever say like, "What the f were you thinking when you did this?" Or did he, know. you know, put it put his arm around him and say, "You know, tough loss on the series, John. Just curious why you went with Benintendi to pinch at Benintendi instead of letting him roll when he had just hit a ball off the wall and was making good contact." And then you had Jackie Bradley, who at the time was 0 for eight with six strikeouts, um, coming up a couple batters later, maybe saved that bullet uh, for. For when Jackie came up, we all first guessed that one because like, I, I was, don't, <laughs> I don't feel like those conversations are happening. Uh, it, and if they are, and the answers are like what he gave to the press, and I know Dombrowski listens to what his answers are, like, it, like it, did he say, "Well, Dave, I was, I was nervous they were going to take out Andrew Miller." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like. Like, how isn't that a fireable offense right there? <laughs> like, it, it makes zero sense. Like, and, and, like, yeah, the guy gets fired. Tough. Like, I'd love to get fired from a job and get $3 million to get fired, you know, and, and then go on and be a great pitching coach at another organization. Tough life for you there, John. I don't feel bad for you. I don't feel bad for anyone. <laughs> that, and that's why, like, if they don't pick up the option, that's a, a, tell, a telltale sign that he's going to get fired in the season. And I just don't think necessarily firing in the season doesn't make sense. Like not when you can do it now, when right? You can do it now and you can get the guy, not necessarily that you want. Maybe he does have the guy that he wants, right? And he's just waiting for him to become available. But there are enough stop stop gaps out there that actually can manage a baseball team in game much yep. better than John can do. And well, I Paul, think that's what they need. Think about this. Two of the last three times the Red Sox have fired their manager, the next year they've gone on to win the World Series. Correct. Yeah, so maybe... maybe and they, the other you know, one was Bobby Valentine. That, you knew that was way too much to ask for. So um, No, they won it after Bobby. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah when yeah, they, yeah, when yeah. they fired Terry to, yeah. Tito to bring yeah. in Bobby, well, that, that was just not going to happen. But then, you know, you fire Bobby, bring in John Farrell, and you're all good. Maybe... Maybe uh, Dombrowski's just waiting for Valentine's contract with Sacred Heart University to run up. That would be fun. <laughs> I'm current. back. He, he could become our Billy Martin. Just like <laughs> start off every year and by May he's fired again. Um, 
And you know, as 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 you look, you know, all, all the talk was already, you know, Veritech, Veritech, Veritech. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder if he if 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 he would be the guy in waiting. I believe he is. I believe I. Well, it makes no sense, Tim. Like, like first of all, I don't get the whole Brian Bannister thing. Like, why isn't Brian Bannister the pitching coach next year? Why does Carl Willis have a job? This is this is Dabrowski mentioned Bannister at length in the. It, he was asked about it, but he talked at length about Bannister. And my impression is <laughs> that he actually has, uh, he has more responsibility than just being a pitching coach. Right, like right now, like he has minor league development, you know, and, and potentially stuff not even relating to just pitching um, that he's doing for this team. It, it sounded like he needed a whole staff to do whatever mm-hmm. he's doing. Um, okay. So they may they they may look at what he's doing now as more valuable than him being the pitching coach. Now, is Carl Willis the right guy? Like, I would let Brian Bannister choose his own pitching coach if he's right. the guru behind the scenes right like give him the guy the leeway to to work with john farrell to choose the right guy right um but i wonder if i mean maybe brian bannister is the manager in waiting <laughs> mm, i don't think so i don't know i mean i mean i think it's proven like overall like pitchers aren't necessarily great managers uh Catchers have a tendency. I do happen to think it, it's Veritech. I, I honestly think Veritech doesn't want to do it right now. Um, I think he still wants more time with his family. Yep. And, but there are, like I said, there are stop gaps uh, to do that. And it's just, it's odd that. So the reason I bring up Bannister is like the MLB has a rule of people in the dugout with uniforms, but there's Veritech just like sitting on the cooler, like by the cooler, like in a uniform. Like how many? Like twenty times this year? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he just figures that you know the camera pan over. They just expect to see him. They won't count it against him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, but but it's it just it seems odd like that no, he's I, sitting I in that you. dugout like doing stuff. It seems like he's there more for Dave Dombrowski than maybe John Farrell would want him in there. Like, hey, yeah, come on and sit in the dugout. Like, it <laughs> he's the he's he's the spy, the corporate. Yeah, could you, I don't think he's a spy or anything. I think I think Dombrowski's saying I want you to get a feel of the dugout and manage yeah. it and like think about what you would do in situations like that and come and let's talk about it afterwards. And then maybe they have a you know a meeting at the end of the season before the playoffs start and he just says you know Dave I I don't think I'm ready. Um, I I still want some my my, my girl his daughter's what seven. Yeah, give me one uh, more year. Yeah, give me a couple more years. Uh, and then I think I'll be ready, but you know I still want to do this. I still want to be around the team as much as I can, get yeah. the knowledge. Uh, but I, I think it's inevitable that he's going to be our manager. We said this for ten years when he was on the team catching; like he just naturally had that ability. Um, I think he'll be a fine manager, and I'm okay with it today, or I'm okay with it in three years or four years. But what I'm not okay with is is sticking with the guy that's not. Even though it's not important in game management decisions. Well, you know what's also interesting about Farrell is, yeah, I mean, look up and down the line at the coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, and it, Tito had his guys, right? Right. Yeah. Did, does it feel like Farrell has his guys? No. No, he's got like Tori Lavello, who would 
like to replace him. <laughs> right. You've got uh, Carl Willis. Is, is Carl Willis anyone's guy? <laughs> I don't think so. He came so. in. He, they fired it's someone like, to bring in. Like, I forgot who they fired. Juan, Juan Nieves. Juan Nieves. Then you got uh, like they, Ruben Amaro. That's yep. still still weird. The Philly GM. Yeah. <laughs> and you got like Butterfield, who's awesome. But like, yeah. th- does he really uh, yeah, have an allegiance to Farrell in any way? I think he would be here. He would be one of the guys that would would stay through regime change either way. Chili Davis might be another one of those guys. Um, I don't that, think Farrell that... picked any of them. That, like, well, he so didn't, this he didn't like, pick his staff. So the, it's, it's, it's like, well, it, one, you could replace him. I don't know. I just, it's 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 an odd coaching dynamic to me. The whole, the whole staff feels uh, yeah, a little bit weird. Um and you know, if you want to give this team the chance to build a dynasty, you've got young talent, you know, is is this the time to clean slate and build a coaching staff that's that's tailored for that talent? Yeah, it's always that time. Like you should always like. I mean, well, but sometimes you you need the manager first, and then you know, like, because the talent is going to come and go, right? So, um, but in this case, you know, like you said, you know what this team is going to be for the next three or four years. Like, get the right, you know, coaching staff in to manage those guys, um, and maybe right. that's you know, maybe maybe that's where Dombrowski thinks Farrell is that guy, based on the stuff that we don't see behind the scenes. Like the stuff like when we went two months of the season when no one in the bullpen knew what their role was, except like like that's good management, right? Nope. I'm just I'm just I'm taking notes, like I'm yeah trying to understand it, like like the the same manager that you know in a key game early on in the season decided to bat Chris Young against a right-handed hitter when they could have won the game <laughs> because he needed at bats for the next night that he was going to start against a right. lefty, like that guy, that guy, okay. Yeah, I, seems like he's got a good grasp of of the clubhouse and <laughs> like what 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 is needed. Yeah, I stand corrected. All right, so mo- moving on from Farrell now, because I, I think we're we're both of the same mindset that it would have been nice to see change, and now that we know that's not going to happen, um, it kind of makes talking about next year, you know, feel like it's just a lot of. Frustration in that respect. Um, let's let's go back to to recapping. We'll we'll end the show recapping the year on the whole. Paul, mm-hmm. um, you said this team. You know, as you look back on this team, as we as we you know over the years look back on this team, um, you said maybe they they what did it say uh, didn't exceed expectations, right? Or they didn't meet. Uh, I forget the or live up to their potential. Is that what you said? No, I I said I said from early on in the season that they they did exceed expectations. But then seeing what we actually had and the and the leaps that some players yeah. made and the comebacks that some players made, they did not exceed expectations. They it was it was it was just a weird season and, and probably a main reason why um, it just never really felt right the entire season uh, after. That Baltimore series back in May was that, yeah. yeah like I mean, things just kind of kind of fell off after that point, uh, and they never really felt like that. they had an identity until those that eleven game winning streak, which then was followed up by five or six, and yeah, and 
Oh, I mean, clear, clearly this season will be remembered as Ortiz's last for a, a long time. I mean, that, that'll be one of the lasting memories. Um, I think what happens over the next couple seasons will help to define our how we remember this season. Insofar as if these young players, Betts, Benintendi, uh, Bradley, Bogarts, become that Yankee dynasty, for example... Um, um. If they establish themselves, we'll look back on this season as the launching pad, right? This was the this was the first step to you know to to them becoming that. Now, if if some of these guys fizzle out and it doesn't quite all come together, and you know that it doesn't manifest the way that we're expecting, I think we look back on the season thinking what we could have had this season, right? That we left some out there to be had. Well, this season, I, I, I think a fantastic thing. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, 10 years down the road, uh, 20 years down the road, let's say we win seven out of the next 20 World Series with uh, this core and the future core that we're going to have. Uh, we become a true dynasty. Yep. This team left the World Series on the table this year. They were that good of a team that they could have won. Uh, they had the talent to do it. Uh, it, it it wasn't really a stepping stone or anything or a leap to the next level. If we were judging it over 20 years and they won, they went seven out of 20, didn't win this year. They had the potential to win eight out of 20 because this team was good enough. Unless the Cubs are destined, which at no, this they, point it looks like I mean they they're might good be. enough. <laughs> I, 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 I mean that they were good enough to yeah. win a world series. No, I didn't I, say I, that I, they were I, definitely going to win the world series, I agree. but you know, you put them in. I'd give them any shot against the Cubs. Like again, this team can hit. This team can hit good good pitching. Uh, they didn't necessarily they they couldn't hit bad pitching. In, in, That's what's Kluber. really interesting, right? Yeah. They they couldn't hit bad pitching and they couldn't hit, they didn't hit Kluber. Um, yeah. But once again, I think we talked about it. I, I think that the the starting pitching set the tone, and it was not a good tone for this yeah. Red Sox team this postseason. Um, and they just couldn't climb out of that hole. Uh, well, Paul, I, I mean, I'll look back on this. I know I said at the beginning that, that that I don't know if I how much I enjoyed this team, um, and and I say I was on the edge of my seat with this team, you know, like I haven't been for a Red Sox team, you know, well since thirteen, obviously. But um, if you just take thirteen, the thirteen team in this, these they were the two most interesting edge of the seat teams like it, it was much watch must watch baseball a lot this year um and you know frustration is born out of kind of expectation and the you know knowing that there's an ability there to you know to be great and that it, it just not happening and that it and so frustration is not always a sign you know a truly negative thing i think in baseball um it, you have to have some success right for for frustration to you know to eat at you this way, um, and I'll, I'll look at this. Like I, I, I look at this team as um, as something to build on. I mean, that's kind of that's my biggest takeaway. Ironic, you're saying goodbye to the build, the, the you know the biggest part of the team um, with David Ortiz, but you're uh, there's there's so much to look forward to that's positive uh, to build on the next year. Yes, so. sir. <laughs> Off-season schedule, Paul. We'll, you know, I don't expect much news, 
right? Red Sox related. We're probably going to go deep into Patriots uh, Patriots season here. Um, but is the uh, winter meetings approach and, you know, kind of as the season starts to uh, to, to take shape, we'll have some off-season podcasts. Uh, and uh, until then, it's been a great season at uh, Dirty Water Sports. We look forward to hearing from you all uh, over the off-season. Yeah, it's all about